This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Got a lot to get to in a little bit of time. Ian Harditz from Pro Football Focus will join us coming up at 3.30 to talk all things Fantasy football as it pertains to the silver and black. What's his expectations with Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and the running back room, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, and company. That is all coming up at 3.30. Got a lot of different stuff to get to, a lot of different angles to get to. Uh, throughout the question on the Raider Nation listener line and also the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword r Should the Raiders go out and get a proven defensive tackle like Sue? Should that be a priority over a veteran offensive lineman? Which one would you prefer the Raiders to do? And Aaron... He hit me up on Twitter and said, the real question is, would you prefer having a weak offensive line or a weak defensive line? Which hurt the team more? I like that. I like the way he looked at it. You know, and, and again, they can, they can find a way to make both strengths, really. I mean, you, you can think about it. If, if the coaches scheme it up the, the correct way, it definitely could be a strength. Even the offensive line being ranked 29th according to Pro Football Focus. You know, we heard from Mike yesterday, and he, he said, hey, there's, there's things that Josh McDaniels could do as the play caller to, to help out the offensive line. So it's not like it's doom and gloom. We're just kind of looking at all aspects of the team and breaking it down. So that was a good tweet from Aaron. Then I got a tweet from Quick. Shout out to Quick because, well, his name starts with a Q, just like mine. Said Randy Gregory moved on to greener pastures in Colorado, LOL. When we talk about greener pastures, we all know what he's talking about. And then, and this is where the controversy comes in, he says, also, it's Fogo de Chow. And Ari, you said the same thing. And Toby has said the same thing as well. Confidently, too. Confidently. I'll tell you right now, I've never ate there. You guys are the ones that sit there and, and are fine diners and stuff. I'm, I'm, look, I'm top ramen it up. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm are not, we doing this? You're going to do the Cofield thing with me? What are you talking about? I, 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 yes, I ate there once or twice, but uh, Steve likes to think that if I ate somewhere once, then that's like, you know, I'm just balling hey, out of control. Hey, you are who time. you eat. Or you are where you eat, man. Every... <laughs> no, nah, that is, that's is not taking place at all. Okay. Awesome place. Okay. So I don't know, but I went and asked my man, Craig, who is our promotions director, who is actually in charge and put in our information here, how to say it. And he wrote, just like he wrote in here, pronounced Fogo de Shone, spelled S-H-O-W-N. So I'm rolling with what he said. But Ari's rolling his eyes. I'm conditioned to just roll with this kind of, not from you, per se, but I'm just used to just, all right. Careful if, there. Uh, you think it's the Sean, then that's what it is. If you're telling me that's what it is, and that's what it is. I'm telling you what the man told me. No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, just passing like, on the information. Me outside of this building, I would absolutely be like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure it's Fogo the Show, but what do I know? All right. Now we learn the hard way. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, hey, you know, there's, there's, you know, some say Reese's, some say Reese's. I say Reese's. I think that's what it is. Wow. You know, tomato, tomato. It's all that. good. You never heard Car- of Reese's? No, not that pronunciation. How about caramel or caramel? I say caramel. That's a tough one. I'm not sure. Like, I don't have. I, How are you going to throw one out there and you don't even have an opinion on it? I'm saying my opinion is I don't know, like, which. Which I really one do don't you know. say? I say caramel. Okay, I say caramel. But, like, I don't think either one's wrong. Okay. 
So maybe Fogo de Shone and Fogo de Chow is the same. Maybe neither one of those wrong. Maybe they take the caramel caramel. I'll take I'll take the gift card either way. <laughs> Wherever it's going. Hey, I'll look, eat. $150, man. We got another one coming up before the show's over. How about that? We might not know where the hell we're going, but we know we're going there. <laughs> it's good. And we know it's good. Reservations you can make right now at Fogo.com. I wonder if we could probably call them and be like, hey, man. You're live on the radio. <laughs> I mean, nowadays we actually have to tell them that before we actually right. because then we'll get in trouble. Yep. And believe me, I don't need any more trouble. You already got man. You only been hanging out for a couple days, and you got me in more trouble than Demond's got me in in a year. I am drama. You are, man. You are. You're the bearer of bad Just luck. Surrounds dude. me everywhere. You are the bearer of bad luck, man. I just realized that I ain't never had nobody come in on the show while we were live on the air. Who didn't work here? <laughs> I ain't never had that with Damon. Management's texting me. You gotta go. I I, I don't doubt that. I'm, I don't I'm actually serious. No, I know. I don't doubt that. But before you go, can we go to Raider Mac? Can we talk to Raider Mac? Uh, yeah, why not? Let's, All right, Raider Mac. It. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's up, Q? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing today? Chilling, man. Hey, chilling. Uh, uh, here's a couple of things. Um, Q, I finally saw uh, saw you, man. Saw your uh, YouTube uh, video um, with the. Uh, the schedule, you, you, hey man, you look much younger than I thought you. You know, they, they, you said you had kids. I was like, man, this dude looks too young to have kids. But anyway, <laughs> Q, hey, couple of things, hey man, gangster Raider, man, you need you need to send him a, a Father's Day gift card, man. That guy took his son all the way to Vegas and treated him. He calls into the show. Now I'm a father too, man. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. But you need to send something to Gangster Raider. Man, that guy is loyal, man. Yeah. I, I love that dude, man. Yes, sir. You need to send something to him. I don't know him, but if I ever get to go to that game, I, I definitely want to talk to him because he's always there. Hey, one thing I want to say, I, I you know, I coach football, and one of the things is, Coach, you got to shore up your offensive line. You can always, if you weak on the defense line, you always can blitz and stop people. You can blitz. On the offensive line, you can't blitz nobody. You can't do nothing to right. to, to, to shore it up too much unless you leave the tight end in. And with Waller, we, we don't want to do that, even though I know Josh McDaniel goes too deep. But you always – we got to shore up our O-line. The D-line, we can blitz and, and, and get pressure and get sacks like that. I know you don't like pressure, but pressure is good still. Yeah. You, you don't want to – if you have a hey, – that game against um, the Chargers, remember Herbert had – he had like 10, 10 minutes sometimes in that pocket mm-hmm. looking around the throw. So you want pressure. But um, go with the O-line. Go with the O-line. And also, um, Q, we, we, we got to figure out we got to figure out a DB because Mullins, I, I, I don't know what B, um, uh, Benny thinks, um, why he thinks so highly of Mullins. But Mullins, Mullins is not that good. We got to get a defensive back. And also, Q, the the that pro football ratings they ridiculous. How, you you know what they we as Raider fans we we know we gonna get we gonna get jacked no matter what it is. So I don't I don't even buy all that. So wait till the season start in the past. Come on, but Q I'm gone, man. Have a good day. Happy Father's Day. Hey man, happy Father's Day to you too. I appreciate you, my man. Good stuff. And shout out to Gangster Raider. He always does a great job when he calls in. And uh, yeah, man, he brought his son here to celebrate his birthday. I thought that that was really, really cool. That reminds me of what my dad did when I was a young dude, man. My dad brought me to Vegas to celebrate my birthday and went out and got me a fake mustache and everything, man. He took me to a cosmetic spot and I had a fake mustache, a fake beard. I looked like Ari, but I was like 
good looking. You know what I mean? Like I was able to hold it down. I was I was looking really really good, and uh, yeah, I was able to to enjoy the the nightlife of Vegas before you know before I was really old enough to enjoy the nightlife of Vegas. But uh, yeah, man, shout out to Gangster Raider, shout out to all the fathers, and I like what you're saying about the offensive line, man. I really do. I think that that's. Uh, I think you bring up a lot of good points. And again, it's something we talked about in great length about making sure that that offensive line is solid. And there are things that you can do when it comes to when it comes to the defensive line if you're you know struggling in certain positions on it. So uh, thank you so much for that call. Let's get one more call in. Let's get a call in coming out of Denver. Raider Dave, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Mr. Myers, don't you be poking fun on O'Raman, man? Top famine is great. <laughs> that's right. I got you. I got you. If you're going to pick one thing to add to your ramen, chicken or beef or whatever, what ingredient is that? I'll tell you my one. Uh, if I'm adding anything to my ramen, I'm going to add shrimp. Well, okay. I mean, all right, I get that. Like powder uh, or something? Or, or, yeah, or I, tapatio or some kind of – I'm putting some hot sauce there. I'm making spread like I was in jail or something. <laughs> so this has got to dig this. In southern Arizona where I'm from, and I don't think these grew outside of the Sonoran Desert, possible – there's a very small pea-sized chili. It's 100,000 on the Scoville scale. It's called a chiltepin, C-H-I-L-T-P-I-N, I believe. Okay. And me, you know, I'm, I'm most only a little bit gringo. But in any case, um, <laughs> the, you crunch one of those up on there, oh, the flavor is amazing. So I wanted to go ahead and ask uh, who in the audience can go ahead and tell me how many Pro Bowlers are on the last, last year's Super Bowl-winning offensive line. And if you look at that, how many Pro Bowlers on any Super Bowl winning offensive line? I think continuity, playing together, understanding the scheme, understanding blocking schemes, that's a lot more important than any one individual being great somewhere. Okay. Although you have to have a right tackle that's going to secure Both ends got to secure it, right? I agree with that. Now, Parker, I don't know how many sacks he let through last year or what uh, pace, you know, uh, Littleton was on or whether what I mean. So it'd be kind of interesting to know where that would fall for some of these other teams that did really good in the playoffs. And you know what? If we're trying to look at, well, let's have three pro bowlers across the line, I don't think we necessarily need that to be successful. Okay. I like it. Hey, you know, the thing about it is, and I said it on uh, on Tuesday, look, the Cincinnati Bengals went to the Super Bowl, and they gave up a franchise record 51 sacks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you can you can get it done. It's not. I mean, like I said, the sky's not falling. The sky's not falling with a, 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 a an offensive line that's not really top notch, like you mentioned. And the sky's not falling with the defensive line that's not top notch. But you'd like to have one of them be pretty solid. You know, you'd like to have either or. And so that's why I'm throwing out there. Which one would you prefer? But thank you so much for that call, Raider Dave. We definitely appreciate you chiming in from Denver and telling us about your Arizona adventures. I like that. Uh, keep those calls and texts coming. Six nine one eight seven keyword. R&R, and of course, 702-365-9200. When we come back, this was pointed out to me yesterday, so it wasn't a, a Q discovery, but former Raider defensive lineman Gerald McCoy, he was on the herd with Cal and Cowherd yesterday, and he had a couple of nice things to say about the organization, about the quarterback, about then interim head coach Rich Basaccia. You'll hear that next. It's about two, two minutes and 40 seconds, so, so, something like that, give or take a second or two. You'll hear that conversation next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. That's a legendary fantasy football league right there. I'll tell you right now, uh, probably getting another commissioner. I think we got something. We got something brewing for next uh, next fantasy, you know, next football season. We got something brewing. A couple of guys. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. 
Yesterday, we took a look at the offensive line. According to Pro Football Focus, they are ranked 29th, Tier 6. Today, we took a look at the defensive line. According to Pro Football Focus, they were ranked 19th, Tier 4. Obviously, that's much more of improvement, but still not exactly where it needs to be. So I've been throwing out the question, if the Raiders were going to go outside of the building and bring somebody in, would you rather than bring in a proven defensive tackle, someone who can give that interior push since that is the area of the defensive line that Pro Football Focus has the most concern with, not concerned with what's going on with Max or Chandler Jones. I, I saw somebody suggest, and this was a real article, I saw someone suggest a Robert Quinn trade. Robert Quinn was fantastic for the Bears a year ago. Don't get me wrong. He had like 18 and a half so- sacks. Don't get me wrong. But where are you going to play him? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where are you going to – and it was funny because in the article it was saying that Chandler Jones – hey, Chandler Jones is a, you know, a really good sack artist and said nothing about Max Crosby. It didn't say one word about Max Crosby at all. Like, he didn't exist. Like, he didn't just get the four-year contract extension for almost $100 million. It was incredible to me. So that's when you're reading articles like that. That's not one of those that you reach out and say, hey, do you want to come on the show and talk about it? That's one of those you look at and say, hey, dude, hey, where you been? There's a guy named Mad Max Crosby. People like to call him the Condor. He, uh, he's kind of good. Kind of just got a contract extension. You may want to do a little bit more of the research. Now, again, Robert Quinn is fantastic. Had a hell of a year for the Bears. I'm sure that, you know, Champ Kelly, who is the assistant GM for the Raiders, I'm sure he probably does have his eye on the situation going on in Chicago. But, I mean, he's not a guy that, that the Raiders would look at and be like, yes, bring that guy in for some big-time money and put him, yeah, put him on the defensive line. I mean, you know, it's just it wouldn't, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be a fit at this point of the game. So there's that. So I've just been throwing out the question, which would you prefer? Proven defensive tackle or proven veteran offensive tackle that can go compete at that right tackle position? 702-365-9200. Salmon ass text line is 69187. Keyword R&R. Coming up at 330, Ian Harditz from Pro Football Focus. will talk all things fantasy football. Ari's favorite part of uh, Sports Talk Radio is talking fantasy football. He's got, his, he's got his lineups out already. Raider Nation, you should see it. He has his cards already lined up on the board. I mean, this dude's ready to go. Like, he's taking notes. I haven't seen you take notes the whole time you've been here. Now all of a sudden you're ready to take notes. Are you, I mean, are, is, is, is times that bad where you're There's trying to win? involved. Exactly. You're, try, you're yeah. trying to win so bad that you're going to take notes. I just do it for the spirit of the game. It's June 15th, homeboy. <laughs> you're trying to take notes already. Yes. I want to be the greatest fantasy football play, uh, league player in this studio. You're going to be stashing Every players day. on IR? Every day. Apparently that's the against best. the rules. I come in this room <laughs> and I'm just looking around like I'm the best fantasy football guy here. All right. Sounds that's, good. That's the goal. Sounds good. Before I get to the calls and texts, I want you to hear something that was brought to my attention yesterday. Gerald McCoy, former Raider defensive lineman. I was so excited about him joining the Silver and Black because I, I know what he has in the tank, and I know what he has as far as veteran leadership. And when he joined the Raiders last season, in the offseason, he was talking to the media. We were sitting there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, and he was talking about how he was helping teach the young defensive linemen you know, what to look for and just how to get better, how to continue to develop their game. So when he went down with the injury that was season ending, it was awful just because I knew that he had, he had just enough left where he could provide some real good play on the field and also that leadership in the locker room. Well, he was on the herd with Callan Cowherd, and, and I don't normally do this where I'll just sit here and play a couple-minute segment, but I thought that this was pretty good. This is not the whole meal deal interview, but here's about two minutes and 45 seconds of the herd talking with Former Raider defensive lineman, Gerald McCoy. So you were with the Raiders last year. I was. And it's, it's really a remarkable story. So I've been a defender of Derek Carr forever. Mm-hmm. And I say, 
what, what, what I think Derek Carr illustrated last year that people doubted is even with chaos, a defense that was inconsistent, Darren Waller was out, uh, the Henry Rugg situation. I'm like, he got him into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a star to me. Were you surprised? Was Derek better than you thought from the outside until you joined? No, I've always been a Derek Carr fan, and he'll tell you that. I told him that from afar. When I got there, I told him that. I've always thought he was underrated. I've always said, anybody who knows me knows, I've always said Derek Carr is underrated. Ask my son, my friends, anybody knows, I've always said he's underrated. I mean, you don't have that many fourth-quarter comebacks or game-winning drives and not be special. And I just think he got a bad rap. I think he had a lot of bad situations around him, but right. he showed his resilience last year. And I'm excited to see what he can do this year with that type of team around him, with McDaniels, you know, giving him a system that fits him. I'm excited to see what he can do. What, what, what was it like to be a Raider last year with all the noise? I think what that team did was remarkable. I think it's a testament of the character of the guys in the locker room. Those guys band together from the what was what was coming out of the locker room, the message in the locker room, hey, we have to do this. And I just want to give a shout-out to Rich Basaccia, what he was able to do. He's one of the greatest coaches I've ever been around in the history of the NFL. And he's been kind of funneled to a special teams coach, but he's one of the best coaches I've ever seen that can get men to band together for one cause. That Indianapolis win on the road. I'm telling you. That was the biggest Raider win in a decade. I'm telling you, man, what he was able to do with all those guys in that locker room and just the men in the locker room, that's why I'm I'm always going to root for the Raiders because one of what Rich did and what those guys in that locker room represented and how they band together. No, they didn't win in the playoffs, but they got there. And – if you look in the history of NFL, if something like that happens to most teams, they fold oh, and they totally, break down. Totally but those fold. guys, how they would play, and, and it's not like they were a group of vets. Those guys, like Max Crosby going to year four. You Hunter know what I'm Renfro's saying? Like, a kid. Jacobs. Everybody's young. But also, when people question Derek Carr, go back and look at what he was able to do last year as a leader. What your, if your quarterback is in place and he's rocking, your team can go. And they did. There's Gerald McCoy right there. Uh, just a couple minutes while he was on the herd on uh, on Fox Sports yesterday. I thought that was cool. A lot of folks sent that to me and was like, Hugh, you got to hear this. And uh, Gerald McCoy, when he says something, I mean, he's he's full throttle. He he means it. He brings the energy. And, and you could just hear it in his voice how much, one, Rich Versace meant, how much he believes in Derek Carr. I will say the one thing that I call a little bit of BS on with that was the herd saying at the very beginning, I've always been a Derek Carr supporter. I don't really recall that. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't always recall. And it's so funny. It's so easy to go on national radio and be like, oh, I've always believed this. Because, you you're, you you know, as listeners, we're trained to kind of believe what we hear most recently. I'm not too sure that the herd has always been a big fan of Derek Carr. I question that. I somewhat call that BS. But that's just me. Everything else that Gerald McCoy had to say, I absolutely believe. That one little note, little nugget from the herd is not quite what I believe. But I thought that that was something that needed to be heard because, again, that was big, big words from a guy who had no impact on the team last year as far as on the field, but still understood what that team was going through in the locker room and how, how, how important it was that everyone, Derek Carr, Rich Basaccia, 
Max Crosby, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, all those guys played such a key role in helping the Raiders get to the playoffs. And he's excited about what the Silver and Black can do this upcoming year under head coach Josh McDaniels. We got Ian Harditz coming up in a couple minutes from Pro Football Focus. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our guy. Back-to-back days, T3 Raider Facts. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q. How are you this evening? I'm blessed, brother. Hey, listen. My my nickname for Colin Cowherd is Flounder because he flops on so many things <laughs> back and forth. I, I can't tell you. So so when it, when it, when I heard the same things, like I've always been Derek Carr support. I call bull on that as well. Back back to your question though. Uh, undi- un- undeniably, and of course if you know me, and I've been pounding the table for years uh, about getting upfront defensive talent on that on that defensive line. Uh, you know when. When the 2009 draft rolled around and they drafted Darius Hayward Bay and you had several key defensive linemen there, I just cringed. Uh, Al Davis was a defensive guy, which kind of surprised me that when, when you had defensive talent available on the board in high spots, that, that he would go with the fastest player. Of course, if we all know his history. He goes with the fastest player in the 40-yard in the dash. But uh, I really think if, if Matthew Butler can be the guy this year, mm. I think that may be not only a sneaky good signing, but th- this is maybe the beginning for putting together a good, strong nucleus, which the Raiders haven't had for years along that front. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last couple of years they've, they've relied on one-year guys, and, and I really believe that if, we can, if Patrick Graham can get Cleef Furl in the right system, you know, he may not end up a Raider after this year, but I think he could have a really, really good year. And if he's placed properly, I think he can have a good impact. But I, I think undoubtedly uh, you do need to add a piece to the offensive line. But, but when it comes to having a dominant defensive lineman, uh, you just can't get any better than that. Hey, good stuff. Thank you so much, T3. It's great to hear from you. And, yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really torn because, again, I want them to bolster that offensive line. I want that thing to be rock solid like it was when car insurance was there, you know, when you had Donald Penn, when you had Kelechi Semele, when you had Rodney Hudson, when you had Gabe Jackson, and then you had other because that right tackle position is always other. You never really knew who was going to be holding that spot down, and that was always kind of a carousel. And then, of course, they tried to bring in Trent Brown to solidify that. Well, we all know how that shook out. But uh, those those other four, man, they were about as solid as it gets. And uh, I actually got people, uh, Arizona Cardinal fans these days, hitting me up like, hey, what's up with Rodney Hudson? He's not showing up to minicamp. What's going on with Rodney Hudson? I don't know, man. <laughs> He's a Cardinal, bro. <laughs> He's not a Raider. I, I can't tell you nothing about that. I don't know. Well, what's what's going on? Why would he not show up to camp? Again, I don't know. Not a Raider. I can't tell you that. But uh, I know the Raiders moved on from him, just like they moved on from Gabe Jackson and Trent Brown. And here you go. Now you have the the new the new nucleus of offensive line right now. Andre James currently at the center position. Of course, you got Colton Miller, the left tackle. Question is where's going to be the left guard? Who's going to be the right guard? Who's going to be the right tackle? You know, and even with that, I said Andre James the center. Of course, there's going to be competition at that spot as well. So we'll get back to more of the conversation between the defensive tackle position and adding an offensive lineman. But right now on the phone lines from Pro Football Focus is Ian Hartens. Ian Hartens, and Ian, appreciate your time this afternoon. Talking about some fantasy football, you put out a piece uh, about the fantasy football and it, as it pertains to the Raiders. And uh, I, I know that they have a lot of weapons. Adams, Renfro, Waller, Jacobs. I mean, there's a lot of weapons. I don't know if any individual is going to stand out, but what are your expectations for Derek Carr when it comes to fantasy football? 
Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. And that's the thing about this offense. They are great players all over the place. But the thing about fantasy football is we need all those great players to get the ball. And there's only one to go around, obviously. But the one guy that should at least always have that ball in his hands every single play is Derek Carr. And, look, he's never been a star in terms of fantasy, mostly just because he's never given us much rushing upside. I mean, what you go like his first four or five years um, in the league and didn't even have a rushing touchdown. Athletic guy. He looks to throw first. All good things for real-life quarterbacks. But with the way it works, these players that have you know two means of production, your rushing quarterbacks, your receiving running backs, they're almost just playing a different game uh, at some point. So for Carr, he just has his back against the wall a little bit in terms of that. But the ceiling as a passer, man, is really up there with anyone. You can pick any metric you want to look at. People give our PFF grades a hard time sometimes. That's fine. We'll look at some other ones. But PFF passing grade over the last three years, he's 10th. He's tied for eighth in yards per attempt, second in adjusted completion rate. He's just been doing really great things. And honestly, without a bunch of help around him. So with the Derek Carr we saw, we saw in the first seven weeks of last season with Henry Ruggs firing all cylinders was the best I think we've ever seen in his career. But when you take away that field-stretching threat, obviously it made things that much harder for Hunter Renfro and a banged-up Darren Waller when he was out there. So best weapons of his career. Again, it's a little tough just because he doesn't run the ball. But Derek Carr is someone that's right there alongside Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins as borderline QB1s because, man, it wouldn't be that surprising if we look up by the time December's over and we're seeing the guy, you know, with a touchdown total in the mid-30s and maybe flirting with a passing yards total starting with a five. When you look at head coach Josh McDaniels, and he's well-respected as one of the best play callers in the league, how much do you think his offense is really tailor-made to fit what Derek Carr does well? It'll be interesting to see what version of the McDaniels offense we get because obviously in New England, it's tough to look at the last five years and have any true takeaways because how much of that was Belichick, how much of that was Tom Brady um, and things of that nature. But just over the past five years in terms of their pass play rate, and I took out you know garbage time situations where teams are, of course, going to need to be passing the ball to try to keep up. But the Patriots, even going back to 2017, when Tom Brady was doing big things with Gronk and Edelman, they only ranked 17th. In 2018, they were 28th and 22nd. Over the last two years, this has been one of the most top five run-heavy offenses in the league. Now, having Derek Carr, I think we can all agree, even if you aren't his biggest fan, he brings a little more to the table than late career Cam Newton and rookie year Mac Jones as a passer. They paid all that money to get Devontae Adams there uh, for the future after sending all those picks to get him there in the first place. So I'd be very surprised if they don't pass the ball more than McDaniels did at the end of his Patriots tenure because look at your team, you know, and honestly being in the AFC West and having to play uh, the NFC West, I'm not sure if they're going to have a choice with some of the shootouts coming their way on a weekly basis. But the good news is that we have seen McDaniels always work with a pretty fast pace. I mean, over these past, over the final three years of the Brady era, second, first, and first uh, moving the ball. So that is the good news for the run and pass game alike because, hey, if you're not going to be throwing the ball as much as we want, if you're increasing the total play count, we should still be able to get that fantasy friendly volume. Talking right now with Ian Hardis from Pro Football Focus here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Devontae Adams has always been a monster when it comes to fantasy football, always has put up massive points, but he's been the only dude in Green Bay, and as we've already talked about in great length, he's obviously not the only guy. So I expect him still to be leading the charge. It just won't be the numbers that he put up in Green Bay. What are your expectations for Devontae Adams? 
Yeah, so for with Devontae, he's he's incredible. And if you want to say he's the single best wide receiver in the league right now, real life fantasy, you know, I don't think anyone's gonna be disagreeing with you. I have him ranked wide receiver six only because I think there's a handful of guys, literally just one hand, you know, I definitely don't need two hands to count the number of guys I'd be taking ahead of Devontae. But it's just players that we don't need to worry about what you brought up, just the potential for his volume falling off in a new situation. It's not anything against Devontae, it's just the fact that Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, I mean, those two guys alone are bigger threats, I think, to targets than anyone Devontae's probably had to deal with since prime versions of Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. So I would still take guys like Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, and even CeeDee Lamb ahead of Devontae, again, just because of that continuity in their system. It's not, you know, it's far from unheard of to see these wide receivers traded during the offseason and immediately have big years. Brandon Marshall went for over 1,500 yards with the Jets. Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins had their big years with the Bills and Cardinals upon getting there. Brandon Cooks have done this like three times over the years. So it wouldn't be uh, shocking at all to see Devontae just really go off. But again, when we're talking about him versus other wide receivers that maybe aren't quite as good, but if we can feel better about getting 20, 30 extra targets, I just think at the top of the draft in the first round, I would take that highest one. Your colleagues at Pro Football Focus have the Raiders offensive line ranked at 29th right now, which was tier six, which is called problematic. How much do you think that uh, Josh McDaniels and company can scheme around the, the issues that the Raiders might have, especially early on in the season, trying to build that continuity on that offensive line and still put out a high-powered offense? I'll be curious to see how much McDaniels decides to embrace some of those quicker passes you know, to the running backs and the things that you know we've seen the Patriots do for years, even going back to before his time with uh, Kevin Falk and guys like that, obviously James White in more recent years. So I'm just curious who's going to be trusted to actually get that ball when they're trying to alleviate some pressure off the offensive line. I saw uh, the Athletics' uh, Vic uh, Tiffer, sorry if I yep. messed up the pronunciation, but he was saying the other day that you know he's expecting a full-blown committee and even insinuated that there's a chance that Zamir White is the running back that the coaches actually like the most. So it's unfortunate. I really wish that Josh Jacobs, who, you know, we actually got an interview from McDaniel saying that he considers Jacobs as a three-down back. I think anyone that's watched Jacobs over his first three years in the league would agree that, you know, when he's put out in pass-down situations, he usually does well. I mean, just getting the ball in the guy's hand in space, usually a good recipe for success. But everything we've seen from McDaniels and these Patriots running backs over the years tells us it's going to be a committee of sorts. And when they drafted Zamir White, when they restructured Kenyon Drake instead of letting him um, uh, just release him, when they added Amir Abdullah and Brandon Bolden, guys that I understand aren't as good as Jacobs, but if we had to classify them, they are those pass-down backs. I'm just worried that Josh Jacobs isn't going to even have enough touches to really you know, cap- capitalize on all that talent. He's almost like the AFC's version of Antonio Gibson. We know that he's capable of handling this three-down role, but unfortunately there are a lot of running backs capable of, getting three down, of filling a three-down role. Only a few a- actually get it. Right now, I don't believe Jacobs is going to be one of these guys. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a, a running back by committee. Uh, you know, I think that Jacobs will probably still lead the the team in carries, but I don't think it's going to be by a whole lot. You know what I mean? I just think that it's going to be split up uh, really well. And again, we're talking with Ian Harditz here on uh, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. What about Hunter Renfro? This is almost a million-dollar question. He's the guy that just signed the contract extension. We go back and think about all the slot receivers that Josh McDaniels has used and how well they've performed. And we know what we saw from Hunter Renfro just a year ago. What are your expectations for the slot machine? What can he do this year with Josh McDaniels? My gosh, man. Just 
Well, first of all, the great thing with Renfro is just the way a lot of NFL offenses work. You know, the slot receiver comes off the field in favor of a fullback or two tight end sets, and those are things that McDaniels has done a lot over the years. We all remember the Gronk and Aaron Hernandez days, and um, obviously I've had some good fullbacks in New England as well, but we've also seen guys like Wes Walker, like Julian Edelman, actually keep their route rates at a high enough level uh, to really just continue to sustain fantasy excellence. So expecting Hunter Renfro to actually be in two wide receiver sets with Devontae Adams, whereas in past years, unfortunately, it just might have been a situation where Brian Edwards would have been that guy, despite us fully realizing that Renfro's a better wide receiver. So getting that money and coming off a year at 128 targets, like I just think this is an offense that should be able, again, based on the overall play volume that we discussed earlier, uh, just have some of these top uh, multiple top 24 wide receivers. Usually we have about four, four to five examples a season of one offense enabling uh, multiple of these top 24 fantasy receivers. And I think Remper has a great chance to do that. I would draft him ahead of even like Devontae Smith and Tyler Lockett, some of these guys that maybe we uh, look at as maybe better real-life receivers, but, I mean, how many times does Renfro have to do this before we just anoint him as the great receiver? The Raiders sure did by giving him that, you know, $32 million extension. So, you know, for me, versus like Renfro versus Devontae Smith specifically, even if you want to say that Devontae's a slightly better player, and, yeah, I probably would give him a slight nod over Renfro, we're still talking about two talented wide receivers, but last year Renfro averaged about four more fantasy points per game. Both offenses average, I mean, brought in an alpha wide receiver one, Devontae Adams and A.J. Brown, but the Raiders are projecting as at least a balance to more likely, I think, an above-average passing offense in terms of volume, while we have no, no idea exactly how much Jalen Hurts is going to be throwing the ball. So, yeah, Devontae's going to get his, but don't be surprised if Renfro continues eating as well. Too good not to keep getting that ball. No, I agree. I agree 100%. And, Ian, this has been fantastic. Before I let you go, when you look at the big picture, and that is the AFC West, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of firepower in the division. Uh, how do you see it shaking out? Who are some of the, the players that we need to be looking out for fantasy football-wise? And how do you just think that the division is going to shake out uh, on the actual field? I think it would be easier to talk about like the players from the division we don't want in fantasy football <laughs> because all these offenses That's right. are just – absolutely loaded and guess what they're getting matched up this year with the nfc west which is probably mm-hmm. the second most loaded uh you know just division of offenses um and, and going on so we'll see uh I'm, I'm happy that the i mean i know the raiders didn't have much of a choice with the gruden situation but to move on to a new coaching staff and try some new things but i'm just happy the raiders didn't sit back and say hey we got 10 wins last year like you know look how good we are let's just keep building on exactly this because you look at those 10 wins that's great and you are you know bill parcel said you are what your record says you are but my god minus 65 point differential is the fifth worst mark in the afc right. the chargers and broncos actually had positive ones so i hope that the raiders you know in this offense is just i'm, I'm hoping that mcdaniels is just going to let Carr cook to the best of his abilities because when you're calling up against Mahomes, herbert and russell wilson i know Carr doesn't get the credit that those sort of quarterbacks do but i really believe over the past three years He's been at a level of play where he's not too far off, and now that he really has the best weapons of his career, I know it's late, but we could be coming back You know, this time next year talking about Derek Carr being a potential MVP candidate or a contender. He's going to need to be for them to make it out of that division. There you go. That's a perfect mic drop moment right there, Ian. Fantastic stuff. Hey, what do you got coming out of Pro Football Focus we need to be on the lookout for? 
Absolutely, man. Well, I'm previewing all 32 teams throughout June and into the July. That's why I was touching on the lovely Las Vegas Raiders and continuing to do so. So you can check out the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Myself, Dwayne McFarland, breaking down each and every team throughout the month. And then check out the corresponding articles on PFF.com if you're still into that reading thing. There it is. I heard that. Hey, man, thank you so much. (laughs) Great stuff. We appreciate you. We'll be talking soon. Absolutely, man. Take care. All right, brother. There he goes. Ian Harditz from uh, Pro Football Focus. At I it at iHeartits on Twitter. If you want to check him out, uh, you can find all his stuff right there. It is conveniently located. You heard that, Ari? He said we could be talking next year about a potential MVP candidate, Derek Carr. Bet you don't hear that on Cofield and Company. <laughs> I, I've got nothing. I hear a lot of stuff about that from all over. It's, it's a very like, polarizing subject. I'll say this, Raider Nation. It hasn't taken Ari very long to get into the mix here. What is today? Wednesday? Ari's already rocking a Raider Nation Radio t-shirt. I had to work hard for this one, too. I believe it. A lot it. of haters in the building want to know why I have this shirt. Well, tell, did you tell them that you know a guy all that I knows a guy? All I did was say, hey, Q, is there any way <laughs> you and Sylvia could hook this shirt up? I, I mean, you know, I, I got you. I got you. But, yeah, Ari's rocking it already. Damon, he's been, he's been, first of all, he said if they made the playoffs, he's going to go get a Raider tattoo. He did not. Whoa. I mean, shocking, right? Damon always goes back on everything he says he's going to do. That's a pretty big commitment, though. Well, so what? Don't say it if you ain't about it. True. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, look, 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 man. And on live radio. I mean, exactly. Proof. And proof. and Dr. Jen is the one that actually called him out. I had forgot about it. And Dr. Jen was like, Q, hold up. That dude across from you actually said he was going to get a tattoo of a Raider shield if they made the playoffs. And then DeMond says, we'll go back and find it on the, on the, on oh, the, I'll find it. I, that's what I said. I said, I can find it, but he said, you ain't got no time to do that. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It's probably on Steve's hard drive somewhere. Already. I'm sure. I'm the sure. He has everything. Cofield's got it somewhere located, but we got, we got to find that. And then, you know, he's a Titans fan, but he also is a closet Raider fan. He, he won't admit it out loud, but you could tell he's got Raider tendencies. How can you not like, I get it. Cause it's a, it's a tricky thing, but like if you live here and you've lived here before we had sports, like just like VGK, if you were a hockey fan, like, I don't know how you're not at least somewhat of a fan of, of the golden Knights, for example. Right. No, I, I can Raiders too. I, yeah. There you go. There you go. Ari, Ari's coming with a little bit of uh the oh, shirt. There, uh, the shirt is taken over. There you go. The shirt is taken over for Ari. I like that. Well, we can also get you hooked up. Let's hook you up right now. 702-365-9200. Let's look for caller number nine again. Father's Day is coming up on Sunday. We don't know how to say the name. Obviously, there's controversy with that. Fogo de show, fake Fogo de shown, Fogo de chow, whatever the case may be, Fogo.com, we can find you there, right? We're going to hook you up with a $150 dining card right now. Call number nine. You want to get hooked up. We laced up Barbara earlier. We're going to hook you up right now. Again, call number nine is what we're looking for, 702-365-9200. Take your father, your husband, your boyfriend, your significant other. Take them out to dinner on Sunday for Father's Day and do that courtesy of us. Call number nine is what we're looking for. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up in a matter of 10 minutes, we'll have Lincoln Kennedy, former Raiders offensive lineman and also part of the play-by-play, uh, the color commentary radio broadcast crew. He'll join the show to talk all things Raiders, talk the offensive line, talk about the expectations for the upcoming team. Uh, it's just a lot of fun whenever we get to pick Lincoln Bre- Kennedy's uh, brain, so he's going to join the show coming up at 4 o'clock. I uh, got a text here. Oh, before I get to this text, I do want to give you a little programming note. Coming up tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., I have been alerted that Ice Cube will join the show. He'll be on the morning tailgate tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. So I believe it's his birthday today. 
We know that Ice Cube is a big-time Raider fan. Obviously, he will be joining Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Ari, you just signaled that you want to be in the studio. I'm in. I'm on the show now. You didn't know? I think he's going to be PD on the... PD just told me. I, uh, think, <laughs> I think he's going to be on the phone lines. I don't believe he's going to be in the studio. I'll be there in spirit. There you go. There you go. Clay, I'm sure Clay will hold it down and make sure that he gives us some real good quality drops for the station and all that good stuff because, you know, Clay is worried about the programming side of things here. So I know that he'll definitely go ahead and do that and have Ice Cube give us a drop. We have a too short drop. We got a too short drop. It's in there. You, you haven't found it? I, I wasn't looking, but I am now. You didn't know that Too Short gave us a good quality drop? No, but while I look for it, I will tell you that I actually have a picture with Ice Cube from the Mayweather fight many years ago against McGregor. Yeah. We interviewed him. So. Oh, okay, okay. There, there you, you go. go. This is uh, while I distract you, while I look up the sound. and You didn't find it yet? It's right there. Yeah, what's up? What's up, Raider Nation? It's your homie Too Short, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920, baby. Boom. That's awesome. Huh. And I was stalling. Yeah. No, it's all tell. good. It's all good. And that's what Ice Cube should be doing tomorrow morning. You know, he should go ahead and give us one for the team. But no, uh, in re- reality, man, that's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm excited about that interview. 9 a.m. Book Market. Ice Cube will join the morning tailgate with Clay Baker, Vinny Bostor, and Heidi Fang. So definitely make sure you tune in for that. Tune in at 7, but he's going to join the show coming up at 9. Uh, all day Raider A, he hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Been asking the question about the defensive line. And the offensive line, should the Raiders go out and make a move for a big-time defensive tackle? We've been suggesting in Dominican Sue. Or should they continue to try to bolster up that offensive line and give Derek Carr as much opportunity as possible? You heard from Ian Hardish from Pro Football Focus. And, uh, you know, the thing about it is so many people talk about, oh, the national media doesn't give the Raiders any love. They're always hating. Don't listen to what they have to say. There are so many people in the national media that are giving the Raiders, and especially their offense and their potential of this offense, a lot of love. I mean, they really are. Everybody we've had on, regardless if they have the Raiders' defensive line, offensive line ranked low or not, they all have a high expectation for the offense. I mean, obviously, when you go and make a move for Devontae Adams, and you already saw what Hunter Renfro was able to do last year, and you know what, Hunt, what Darren Waller can do, you feel pretty good about the offense, especially when, in my opinion, Josh McDaniels is a much better play caller than what the Raiders had before. I don't have any problem saying that as a guy that is a fan of John Gruden. I like John Gruden. I was happy when he returned to the sidelines. It just didn't work out. It's just like when I went back to Hayward to go get my haircut at my old barbershop. It just didn't work out the way it used to back in the day. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Sometimes when you go back the second time, it doesn't always, it's not always the same. It was great the first time, but it just wasn't after that. Let's see. Wait a minute. Hold on. Vegas Pete hit us up. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta break down Vegas Pete's tweet or text before I actually read it out loud. How about all day Raider A? Uh, he's talking about. I say go get that defensive tackle. We haven't had an above average defense in a long time. This team won ten games with a makeshift offensive line and a subpar defense. Imagine what we could do with this team and its leadership with a good defense. That's a, and that's a good, good way of looking at it. And that's what makes this question, I think, that much more difficult. Because again, I know what the Raiders' defense did when they were able to keep the Raiders close, you know, when they were able to be decent, serviceable, you know, and that's not trying to slight anyone that's on the Raiders defense, but, you know, there was moments where obviously they could have been a lot better, but there was also moments where it's like, man, if it wasn't for them, Raiders don't win these games. And I'll say right now, I know the offensive line started playing a lot better and Jacobs was able to run during that four-game winning streak, but that defensive line and that defense held them in games, so they were able to win those last four games as well. 
That, that Raiders defense did just enough. So you got to give them a lot of credit. I mean, hell, you got to give the whole team a lot of credit for what they were able to do those final four games of the regular season. But I think if they can get that solid push up the gut, I think that's going to just make Max Crosby and Chandler Jones that much more effective. Vegas Pete said, did you trade DeMond for, and he said, Mr. HDMI. Is that a joke? Oh, that's good. Yeah, remember the other day? Oh, <laughs> I'm the I'm that's the idiot. right. Jackass, I can say that right. Yeah, I'm the say, jackass well, you already said. It. How are you going to ask a right. question? How are you going to ask I on the radio if you can say something? At my disposal. Oh yeah. Watch this. Can I say? See that? Did you just hit cough it? button? Did you just hit it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that sounded, but yeah. Great. So you just messed up what no, we said. No, I hit like the on... cough button. It's like a quick. But what if it, the cough button didn't work? What if you dropped like seven seconds of our audio? Please call in if you heard a profanity <laughs> in the last five seconds, and I will take full responsibility. No, um, we had a we had a great guest on that dropped some profanity yesterday. Though that was fantastic. Like it was nothing. It was so casual. So casual. <laughs> it took me a second to be like, Did, did I... I just hear what I think yeah, I just heard? Yeah. That was, yeah, that, that was, was pretty fun. funny. Uh, anyway, Vegas Pete said, uh, did you trade DeMond for Mr. HDMI? Uh, I can't find it. What did you get in trade? What was the compensation? Look forward to Big Link. Uh, no, we didn't We didn't trade off. Uh, actually, Ari does a great job on Cofield and Company uh, on our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. We're just cross-training. And since it's a slower time of year, we figured now would be the better time to do it just in case there's ever a time when, I don't know, Ari's got to pop in and run the run the show for some weird reason or DeMond's got to pop in over there and, and run – for some weird reason, like maybe we have a detective here that is talking to us and getting our story from what happened yesterday. Maybe that's the case and someone has to come in and, you know, swap swats out. Sometimes that happens. I was going to go with, you know, maybe as a wrestling thing going on, but whatever. whatever works. Look, man, I just like to keep it real. <laughs> that we do. Keep it real. 357 is the time. So, no, DeMond will be back at some point. Uh, Ari's just uh, holding it down right now, getting his chops wet. Uh, when it comes to being over here, and DeMond's doing the same thing with Cofield and company. Hey, we might even swap out a couple other folks uh, between now and then, just like I said, just getting everyone trained up so uh, you could be a professional. You could be versatile. What is Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly that they keep talking about? Versatility. You got to be trained up on everything. That's what we're doing around here. We're training them up on everything. We're making sure everyone's got a little bit of versatility. 357 is the time when we come back. We'll be talking to Big Link. Lincoln Kennedy joins the show to kick off hour number three. This is Red Nation Radio 920.